Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Sad, sad day today, boys. Um, love has died in Bachelor Nation. Katie Thurston and uh, Blake Moynes, they broke up, man. Uh, who would have saw that coming? You know, TV folks, personalities not making love work on national TV. <laughs> guys, we have a uh, pre-show meeting just to go over what we're going to talk about. And you want to know how often Mike tells me the stupid shit he's going to open the, the show with? Never. Never. You want to know yeah, why? I'd be surprised. Because I'd say, Mike, don't say that shit. <laughs> as, as people more successful than me have always said, ask for forgiveness, not permission. You don't ask for forgiveness either, you bitch. That's a good point. <laughs> Um, An even wiser man said, so "Don't ask for anything." Yeah, recognize it. This another, year. Yeah. another wise man once said, "These nuts." Fair enough. Mike right. talking to the the sages of the streets over here. Exactly. Um, so, folks, um, I was telling Mark earlier today this. I'm excited to talk about some real fights here, man. We got a big card yeah. this weekend. UFC 267, headlined by. Uh, Whoever wrote the uh, my man's name spelled Blachowicz wrong. Uh, well, Blachowicz wrong. Oh yeah, on uh, best fight odds, we headlined by Jan Blachowicz um, taking on Glover Teixeira. Co-main event. We got we're gonna get ourselves an interim UFC bantamweight champion. What what, what are you it. laughing at, Mike? I just, I just saw how they spelled it. Yeah, Brockowitz? That's not his name. <laughs> it's like a it's like a fucking German sausage. Yeah, you exactly. got going on here. As I mentioned, co-main event, Peter Yan taking on Corey Sandhagen, interim bantamweight championship. Um, our champion, Aljamain Sterling, got himself a bad neck. And, well, those are hard to fix. So hopefully he's back in the early part of 2022. Other big fights we have on here, Islam Makachev taking on Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's a crazy person taking this fight. All right? On, like, what, two weeks' yeah. notice, three weeks' notice? A crazy person. And he wants five rounds, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Islam agreed to that. We got to do that or not. My yeah, Tobin no is not. Diaz. My Tobin is be, not. He's not getting five rounds. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of Russians and Eastern European people, Eastern European people on this card. What's going on with this card? Well, it seems like they're, the time they're putting the fight on, Mike, they're trying to cater to their fans over there. They want to where, put on. Where is this where, fight at? Is this, this is in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, it's in Abu Dhabi. It's 11 a.m. Ah. Pacific time in Abu Dhabi, main ah, card. I got it right off the money. Um... Actually, I was realized they can go. They can have as many five round fights as they want. Mike, as they want Mike will be awake, no problem. That's Middle true. of the day card. Um, we got some uh, big meaty men slapping meat. Alexander Volkov, Marcin Tybora. We got to wedge that into the conversation. That line. Cat. Um, oh, we got the return of Kamzat Chemeyev, returning from a very rough, rough case of COVID, where he kind of announced his retirement, but then the warlord who runs his fight team unre- unannounced his retirement so we're all, we're assuming he's okay <laughs> okay yeah he's fine he's and fine. uh we got the return of magomed ankalov who spent 2020 beating up jan kutalaba 
scheduled for three fights, beat his ass twice, something in the middle got canceled. He's taken on Vulcan Ozdemir. Where he's still here, man. Vulcan Ozdemir. Got a couple quick knockouts about four years ago. And we wonder every time, is Vulcan that good? Yeah, well, um, this fight this fight's got bangers even on the uh, the preliminaries, man. We got Amanda Hebas fighting, we got Ty Tuivas and Walt Harris. I don't think that's actually happening. I think that was yeah. I think that's just on best fight odds as like Ty, it was gonna Ty happen. Tuivasa, that one? I, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's actually happening. There's not enough odds for that to be real. So I think that might have Did that already happen? Or is it gonna yeah, happen? I, I don't know. I don't think so. All right, whatever. Um but yeah, after a month of the UFC shoveling shit in front of us, um real good cards. Real good card on paper. And thankfully it is uh if you have ESPN plus, it is there's no charge. This is just on ESPN Plus, so that's really cool. Um, don't worry, they'll get they're gonna get their pound of flesh next week with UFC 268, but UFC 267 uh, free with the ESPN Plus subscription. Before we talk about that, though, we gotta uh, talk about something else. Marcus, the saga of mm-hmm. Boracinha, Paulo Costa, my man showed up for a 185 pound fight, weighing 211 pounds on Monday. And he's like, you know what? No, not Monday, because we would have talked about it. Tuesday. He said, you know what, guys? I'm not making 185. I can make 195. And they're like, well, let's ask the angriest man ever, uh, <laughs> Marvin Vittori, if he still wants to fight you. And Marvin, probably while rage eating pasta or something, um, <laughs> growled, yes. And they're like, okay, no problem. And then I think it was Thursday. Where uh, Paulo was like, yeah, I'm not making, I'm not making 195 either. We're doing 205. And then Marvin's like, fucking fine. Is he, is he going to be there? Fine, he's there. Um, still only the 20 percent for Marvin. He couldn't negotiate more money because he was getting 20 yeah, percent anyway. 40. Come on, 20 percent. Like, there was a fun meme where he was like, it was um, Marvin sitting at a dinner at a table with his team, and someone photoshopped Tony Soprano in there saying, I would have gotten you at least 30%. <laughs> um, Seems fair. Yeah. Only fair. Um, whether or not Paulo did this just to fuck with Marvin is up for debate, because we've heard before that Paulo showed up at fight week 30 pounds over before. Um, Marcus, the fight itself, um, we cannot dispute the man's fucking heart and willingness to throw down, huh? Yeah, which was kind of surprising i mean anytime you have a fighter missing weight by this much it usually means that you know somewhere along the line the plan got screwed well, 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 up, he, he didn't he didn't miss weight at all he had to cut six pounds oh he absolutely <laughs> miss weight his, they changed the fight his, his contract uh, was for 185 they made, they made a new that contract amended, that amended contract was for 205 so he went yeah it was a new contract with 20 percent less money but sorry go ahead man <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not, I mean, even when you're talking about, you know, he's weighing 211, you know, a week of the fight, that's a lot of weight to lose, but it's not unheard of. We, you know, we've heard stories about guys dropping 30 pounds, which is extremely difficult, probably really unhealthy for their overall health. Um, But, you know, we've seen people cut, but it definitely seemed like Paulo knew he wasn't going to be able to cut the weight, wasn't willing to cut the weight, whatever the issues were. um, It would make one, you know, in our position or someone that's a fight fan, that's you know, anticipating the fight, you know, watching how the fight's developing, you know, during fight week to make you think like, oh, Paulo maybe didn't put in a full camp, you know, it 211 is kind of like walking around weight for this guy. So it's like, did he, you know, did he put the miles, you know, running and getting the cardio and putting the rounds in sparring, you know, how is he actually going to look on fight day? 
at 205, you know, it's a lot of concern. And it's also concerning even for Marvin, you know, a guy that was obviously on track to make a 185 on Friday. And now, you know, he's not even making the catch weight of 195. He's making 205, which when you look at the weight classes outside of going to light heavyweight to heavyweight, this is the biggest gap. This is 20 pounds. You know, most of the divisions are 10 pounds difference. You know, after you get after 55, it becomes 15 pound differences. And then, you know, 185 to uh, 205 is 20 pounds. It's one of the biggest weight differences you have in the different divisions. So, you know, how's Marvin going to look putting on this extra weight, you know, when he's expecting to cut and then rehydrate and now he doesn't have to. So there's a lot of questions surrounding, you know, how these guys are going to perform. And we gave our breakdown last week, you know, me and Bobby thought, you know, if this fight goes into the distance, Marvin's definitely going to have the advantage. Paulo just, he just fights hard. He puts a lot of energy. He goes full blast. He doesn't really pace himself, but we have seen him in fights where he's done that. And, even though he seems extremely gassed, is still able to put on the pressure. When you look at the Romero fight, you know, he was able to go three really hard rounds with Romero. And even though he looked really fatigued, he was able to push. And that's what we saw in this fight. You know, this is his first fight going the full five rounds. And he pushed hard in every round. You know, he really threw a lot of strikes, full power, especially the the body kicks. He was really letting those rip really hard. And, you know, that, that had to take a lot of out the, the gas tank for him. And you even noticed in between like rounds three and four, the kicks weren't coming back as much. He was using his hands a lot more because I think the fatigue was setting in. And then the fifth round, he, he went back to it. But overall, you know, Paulo has been making this claim that, you know, he's deserving of more money. And while missing weight, kind of spits in the face of that him just as a fighter is someone that you want to watch he definitely made a case for himself even in losing in this fight because he put on a great fight this was a fantastic fight this was a grinding fight you know marvin was really pushed paulo really threw a lot at him hurt him multiple times in the fight one of the head kicks i think in the second round it's crazy marvin didn't collapse the the, the work to the oh, body that was, was absurd phenomenal. that looked like it was like he got hit in the head with a baseball bat it was that stiff of a kick that was nuts. <laughs> yeah. And overall, you know, it was a really, like, like we were talking about last week, you know, this had the makings to be a really compelling, fun, exciting matchup. And even though there was a lot of controversial, you know, around the weight and all this bullshit about 195 to ultimately 205 and all the stuff surrounding it, at the end of the day, we still got a fantastic fight. Um, and Marvin was able to, to weather these storms. He was able to win rounds. E even the round where he got cracked in the head, you know, he was still outlanding. You know, he was still able to take the fight down a couple times. Um, he looked pretty good himself. So this was a really, you know, even though there was a lot of malarkey surrounding this fight, a lot of bullshit with the weight and, and what's going to happen. Is this fight even going to happen or not? Um, at the end of the day, we still got treated to a really fun fight. So I'm, I'm yeah. still pretty pleased. Um, Paulo Costa is now a light heavyweight fighter, according to Dana White. Yeah, um, I guess that moves he official. Ha he has done the Kelvin Gastelum and they can't trust him. Um, the ability to do that. I think in your first fight, missing weight ever. I'm trying to check that right now. Yes. Yeah, first I, time I, missing yeah, I don't think anyone's ever, I don't think anyone, this has ever happened to where the, the promotion's like, oh yeah, you can't do 185 anymore. Um, but also, I don't know, nothing springs to mind where any weight cut miss was this egregious to well, 20 I mean, pounds. Nick, Nick did ask like a month ago to have his fight. Nick Diaz did move to 185. Remember? That is but apparently true. that was done well in advance. It just didn't become public at first. You muted, Mike. You had some good points. I could see you. I can see yeah, you but saying them, but I, cu I couldn't hear them. G give me your thoughts. Yeah, Mike, go ahead. 
Oh, uh, it was just reading what you guys said, but that was a a month out. That wasn't the Monday of the fight. Well, we found out of the fight. Uh, we found out like a week or so before the fight. Yeah, but like yeah, we well, didn't well, know. Apparently, it was already. It was Robbie knew. Apparently, too. It that's wasn't. A, that's you know. a good point. That's a good. I guess I would say the Diaz's are a uh, special case. You know, they are not the rule. They are the exception. They are the ones that get five rounds for non-title fights. You know what, Mike? I li- I was thinking about this uh, today. I don't know if he's big enough. But he's not a small man, Paulo Costa. He's six foot tall, 205 pounds. Um, now, light heavyweight for him is not the worst idea. Because the way he lost to the champion, how many people would Paulo Costa have to beat to get another shot at Israel Asanya? Like, that went as bad as humanly possible. So, light heavyweight's not that. I mean, light heavyweight's got some guys now. I'm looking at the light heavyweight rankings. We got, like, after Glover as number one contender, we got... We got some interesting people. We got Yuri Prochaska and Alexander Rakic. Those are two very young, talented guys. Then we got Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, um, Magomed Ankalov, who's fighting this weekend. There's some space there for Paulo Costa to make a move and get top five, top six, top seven with maybe a couple wins. What do you think of him in this right class? I don't know. I, I would have to disagree with that because I almost see him as a higher grade version of Ilar Latifi. Who fought at, at light heavyweight? That's where, an insult, sir. That is harsh. I love Elon Latifi, but this guy's Elon never got for a that, title, man. I, I don't mean that as an insult. That's why I said he's a higher grade Elon Latifi in the aspect that one of the biggest issues Elon Latifi when he was at light heavyweight is that he was too fucking short. Yeah, but he's right? as tall he as me. Just, I'm exaggerating, no. but I think he's yes. as tall as like he's five five nine. He's as tall as Paulo Costa. That's how Paulo's six foot tall. Yeah, and how tall are the people at light heavyweight? They are like six five or six four. Normally. Okay, not okay. Fair enough. Oh. I'm just saying, Daniel Cormier was champion of this weight class. Like, you don't have to be giant. I mean, I yeah, all, saying, all, all you need, all you need, is a prodigious talent and be the second greatest light heavyweight of all time. If you're Daniel Cormier and you're I, that tall. I think you can argue the fact – you can look at some other guys that were 185 that moved up that weren't as highly regarded as Paulo Costa is and had Like the really fucking champion. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jan. <laughs> Jan was 85 did, did he fight at 185? Confirmed yeah. that, but I think he did, right? I'm not mistaken. Okay. I was thinking mostly of Anthony Smith, right, who was not really sniffing 185 gold at all. Uh, Tiago Santos, who is kind of up there, but I think Paulo Costa made you know a lot bigger improvements. I was, and I, I was more so of a sure, wave. but he didn't fight at any, he didn't fight at eighty five. I, I was sure. Jan? Was, oh, Santos did. Tiago Santos yeah, did. No, Santos, Anthony Smith. These are two guys that that got into title contention at light heavyweight. So I, I think there's some merit to what you're saying, Bob. I don't think this is a great coming out party. If you're coming out to your new weight division, is fighting another 185er that then beats you. I mean, and granted, Marvin Vittori may be one of the very best at 185. He may be. You know, pound for pound, you know, I don't want to speak too hyperbole, but like he's proving himself to be an asset and a real talent. I, so, I, think, but- I think he has to make this his look, unless you're unless his manager, which I believe is Waleed. Is Waleed a manager or just a translator? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I would hope he's just a I like well, I, I like Waleed. He's a crazy person. But if your manager is like got some juice, which I don't know, I mean. Fuck, Kelvin Gastelum's manager is Ali Abdelaziz, who's a scumbag, but Dana White likes. He can't negotiate Kelvin Gastelum back to 170. I think Paulo Costa needs to put on mass. I think Paulo Costa needs to, like, I don't know what he, what he, like, 230 looks like for Paulo Costa, but I think that's what he needs to be closer. I think if you're fighting a light heavyweight, you need to fight, you need to weigh 230 pounds. 
I think the only problem is you look at Paul Acosta and it's like, put on mass. Like, dude can't get much more muscle, Bobby. Like, he's already yeah. kind of a little. I'm talking hulk. like we gotta go Husamar Paul Harris style. You're, you're talking. You're talking he's about already, either like he's already very juicy. Yeah, it's like it's either he's gonna pump more iron, he's gonna get more ripped, which is just gonna deplete his stamina even more. Like he already has a stamina issue, or he's gonna put on some fat. And and the fat might not be the worst thing in the world, really. You know, as long as he can keep his cardio up. I mean, look, you look at DC. You know, and he's a heavy guy. He's carrying some extra weight I mean, around him. DC weighs two hundred and forty like, pounds. A light heavyweight, that's, though, as a thing. Like, that's true. A big he had dude. to cut. He had to cut a lot. Yeah. But like, that's a guy that had, you know, didn't have the physique of, you know, what you would think, you know, a world class athlete would look like, but still had the stamina. So, you know, I don't think light heavyweight's the worst move in the world. I it I do feel like this guy can make 185. I feel like there is maybe some circumstances in this fight that stopped him from doing it, and he made a bad situation worse. Um, I firmly but, believe he didn't try. I don't think he tried. I think no, he I made think so. no. He did not. I think look he knew so he fat. wasn't going to do it. He yeah. didn't want to do it, and I think it's it's a dicey, you know, thing to play. Like thinking Marvin's going to just accept the fight because Marvin easily could have been like, "No, you sign a contract at 185. You don't make the scale. Fuck you. At least give me my show money." And now I want to fight the champion. I want to fight. Yeah, Izzy but then you, again, gotta, you I don't think would be the UFC hard starts. Sell, but. The UFC starts dicking around with him and doesn't give him his show money. You know they do that shit. They do it all the time. There was no fight. You didn't show. That's true. That bullshit. Yeah. No, I will see what happens with him, I guess, man. Paulo Costa, he's only 20, 30 years old. I just learned what Boricinha means. Did not know that means the eraser. Okay. He's not even, he's not even, he doesn't even have the best Boricinha Twitter account, man. He's got a, we know it's Boricinha Depot, too. Shout out, Boricinha Depot. Best MMA Shout Twitter account. <laughs> Shout out to them. I mean, I feel bad. They, they've lost a little bit of their steam since uh, Tito is no longer an elected official, though. Yeah, that's true. That was the, that was the highlight of that Twitter account. Um, also on this card, let's mention the man. Let's show. Let's give him his flowers, Mike. Bruce Leroy himself, Alex Caceres, right. has now rattled off five straight wins in the UFC. Five of them things. Five of them. And you know what? You didn't watch the fight. Mike, I, I mean, didn't Mark. watch a second of the fight, but I'm still Shame. the one here repping on there. Bruce Mark, Leroy. do we got anything to say about Yo, uh, about our guy Bruce Leroy still doing his thing? Just well yeah, done. No, it was a it was a great fight, and you know, I, I would encourage Mike. You know, it's on ESPN Plus to, to go watch it because it was really fun. Um, Choi, his opponent, was super game. The first round, they were standing up, and Alex was holding his own, but then he started getting cracked. You know, Alex uh, fight southpaw. Choi's a right-hander fighter, and he knew to use the lead right or to even set up the right straight, and it was finding a home on Alex. Alex, even though it was a close first round, for the most part, got dropped, um, got hurt pretty bad, and then even the second round, it's like, oh, it's looking more like the same. Um, but once he was able to initiate a clinch, and he basically, Choi got a little overaggressive, threw the right straight, Alex stuck underneath it, basically clinched up, got his back, and very quickly, it went from back clinch to jumping on his back to get in the backpack, getting a triangle with his legs, breaking him down, getting him to the mat, and sinking in a rear, rear naked choke pretty quickly. So it, it was a great fight. And it was a good. It was good to see Alex utilizing the different skill sets when he sees himself coming up short. Like the striking, he was doing good. Like they were both trading shots and doing pretty good. But then Choi started taking over that that aspect of the fight. Alex needed to switch gears and he did and finished the fight very quickly. So, you know, hats off to him. And you look at that record and it's like, man, that's not a great record. And it, I mean, you look at the record and then you think like, oh, he's on a five fight winning streak. So at one point he was like 14 and 12, you know, there's not a lot of male fighters that can be split and still be in the UFC. I think Alex is a special case because one, I think he's just fun to watch. 
Um, and two, a lot of his fights have been in the UFC. He's been fighting top, top competition for a really long time now, but it feels like he's really starting to make his stride here. Um, but again, at the same time, like he at this point, he starts to he needs to start fighting guys that are ranked. And we'll see how he does there because, you know, the record does speak. And, and this fight shows that, you know, he still has some flaws in his game, but he's able to make some improvements and, and to get the W's here. So let's see. I think someone in the top 15 is probably next in line for him. And we'll have to see how he how he does there. But this was a good outing. This was a tough fight. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy. Fought through. He was able to make the adjustments he needed to get the win. So, you know, hats off. All right. Um, let's talk about some news that happened this week. Well, actually, let's talk about Fedor cracking Tim Johnson like it was fucking 2004 Mark Fedor went out there wapa left hook right hook unconscious Tim Johnson I'm, I mean that's even better than Fedor of the past I, I it's been I don't remember seeing Fedor land three consecutive strikes so cleanly you know basically he looked fast Tim walked too in, yeah he walked into a right straight he ate that he followed it with a left hook which almost seemed like it should have crumpled Tim. And then the right hook that followed right after, you know, it was three punches in extremely short uh, succession. And the right hook was just murderous. It, it landed right on the chin. Tim was completely out in uh, a great showing for Fedor. You know, I mean, at like, 45, 42, like past, past, you know, his prime by far, but well into his forties. Now, um, this was kind of a dangerous fight. You know, Tim is a younger guy he has heavy hands, and I think the biggest, you know, kryptonite for Fedor in the past is that, you know, if you can get, it, if you can crack him, the the guy tends to crumble. Now he doesn't quite have the chin he used to. So it was a big win. Again, like you know, what does this win really mean in, in the overall standings or you know whatever? It's like Fedor is always going to be a legend because of what he accomplished. Well, I, I don't know what we're doing career. here. Josh Barnett wanted him. Alistair Overeem wanted That'd be him. Fun. His excuse those, those for not fighting. Fights. His excuse for not fighting Junior Dos Santos was a was bullshit. How Junior's got a lot of losses recently. By the way, Junior, stick with wrestling. They'll Wait, pay Fader, you better at this Fader point. said that? Yeah. That was his reason. Fader's fighting Tim Johnson in Russia. Come on. Come on, bro. Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah. Um, but he got it done, so hats off. My hats are just coming off all over the place this week. Now, one more question. Did anybody see the highlight of your guy, Marius Pujanowski, fighting in KSW? Oh. No. No. There's like 50 fights of him fighting KSW. Okay, first of all, Marius Pujanowski deserves your respect because the man is like 50 years old still doing this. He fought the greatest Sengalese wrestler of all time. Mm, okay? I don't know what that even means. Sarigne Osmane Dia, a.k.a. the motherfucking Bombardier. Not the motherfucking part. His name is really the Bombardier. Oh, okay. okay? Pujanowski knocked his ass out in 18 seconds. There was 600 pounds of man in that cage between well, these two men. Okay. You just said he is the greatest Sengalese wrestler, not yeah. the greatest Sengalese boxer. Yeah. So I'm not that 18 impressed. seconds, unconscious. Woo! Okay. It was rough. I just want to mention him because, I mean, I'm just impressed he hasn't had a heart attack doing this stuff, man. With all the chemicals running through there of his veins. Woo! KSW doesn't drug test. There's no way. Of course um, not. Of course not. It, it's like just home. KSW is like a, like a legitimate MMA organization. Like in terms of Europe, like it has some it's, legitimate talent yeah, through like, there. But they've uh, also had this. So you, yeah, they, and I think they don't they do the night fights where they have dudes in full armor <laughs> beating up each other. Is that them too? Them. God, they'll do I anything. That was them. 
I'm pretty sure um, Jan was their champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was a he was the KSW mm-hmm. lightweight champion before he came over. Um, it's a real well, organization. I will say, prop, props to him. Props to Fedor. Two real old dudes getting getting it done. Also, Fedor, real tan. How much time is he spending on the Black Sea? Because damn, that's fair. Um, yeah, good question. All right. Um, uh, correction, it was M one. Sorry, that's, my, that's what I'm here for, Bobby. I'm here for the hard-hitting questions like Fedor, fake tan, real tan. Who knows? Um, Marcus Kayla Harrison fights on Wednesday. I don't know what the Wednesday thing is. I thought they normally Thursday. PFL. Not a big know. fan of Wednesday because I'll be watching Dynamite on Wednesday. Stop when I watch my MMA. Kayla Harrison's gonna go get herself another check. It sounds like um, she is facing. What is this young lady's name who's being fed to the slaughter? Um, Taylor Guardado. Kayla Harrison's a minus 3,500 favorite. Uh, 31 years old. Kayla Harrison has won. Uh, one, she only won one of these tournaments? Didn't she win in 2020 as well? Or was it canceled um, due to COVID? Okay, well, she already, she already got it. She's going to get another million dollar check. Um, she's going to, and you know, you know, she's doing really well because Dana White has decided to disparage her. Um, you know, in the press, um, saying how she should stay over there. She doesn't want to come here and have to fight someone like Amanda Nunes. Well, that's literally the only person that's even in the zip code of the weight Kayla Harrison is because she's fighting at lightweight, Mark. Um, 55? She's fighting at 55. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's mm. five foot eight. I don't know if she can make she, I think she can make 45, but why? Like, she's the lightweight champion over there at, um, in PFL. If I'm her, Honestly, I'm not sure how much she makes for like regular fights in PFL. Um, I mean, let's let's say fifty grand. Just a million dollar checks once a year. Why, why leave? I was gonna say if the UFC is offering me anything less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a fight, I'm not. I'm not leaving. I don't even think I would take that though, because then that would mean you'd have to fight four times a year. There's not four women at 145 pounds. There isn't. I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know. What, I, th- I think they would have her go in there, try to fight Amanda, and have, like. What happens if she beats Amanda? What what happens then? Like, well, you fold you fold up the hundred forty five. And let me tell you, the UFC doesn't know how to doesn't know how to build her as a star. There's no way. It's just not going to happen. She's not the type of female fighter they build up. I would take. I mean, if if PFL can pay her, Mark, I think like if they can drag another year out of this, and maybe Clarissa Shields is more seasoned by then. Because right now, Kayla would murder Clarissa Shields, the pro boxer. Is that she 55 aren't they, too, though? Aren't they yeah. both at Greg Jackson's? No, Kayla's at ATT. Oh, okay. Which so is Amanda Nunes, by the way. Just putting that out there. You know. But yeah, no, I I mean, Bob, I think that makes sense. That's their other biggest star that I guess is fighting at 55, too. Yeah, but she, I mean, she had a little bit of rough time in that first fight of hers. You know, she did. Was, I mean, but, it's not really... Even in a year, if she wins all her fights and looks better, she's still not going to be ready for no, Kayla. No, but it, it's... It's the only matchup they can make where anyone's going to be interested in a competitive aspect, right? I mean, right now it's just like you watch the the Harris fights just to see her demolish somebody. You're not yeah. seeing like competition. You're just seeing like how good can she beat this woman up? How quickly and, and devastating can she do it? Um, so I mean, yeah, I, she was talking wrestling too. Honestly, she was talking about going to wrestling too. That makes which, sense. Whoever pay honestly, if they'll pay her and like I, they asked her about WWE and she said WWE, I don't want it. She's like, I have a kid. I'm not going to be on the road four days a week. If AEW would pay her if she mm, wants to wrestle, yeah. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good for all these people to do all these things that will draw more eyeballs and make them more valuable 
to these cheap ass MMA promoters, basically. Sure. I don't know. What I, do you think? I, I, I think the biggest hurdle is just 155. Like, we have a lack of talent at 45. I don't even know anyone of any name value that's at 155. So. The UFC might just be full stop there. I'm not putting any money into like Dana, dis, you know, disparaging her because he'll yeah. do that to any fighter that's he did not def- in his roster. Ten years of doing that's it. What you do? Ten years um, of doing that. Ben Askren. For, oh, and Cyborg for yeah. for years. Like Cyborg is, she's not that good. She's trash. She's not going to come over. She, here. She's scared way, or whatever. Uh, Kayla won the Olympics at 78 kilograms, which is mm-hmm. 171, 72 pounds. Jesus. So she's five foot eight. Which I don't know how big Amanda's. I think Amanda's is like five six, five five, but she's not. I don't know how big Cyborg was. I don't know if Kayla is interested in going down to one forty five. But there's literally no human beings for her to fight at one fifty five in the mm-hmm. UFC. There is no yeah. weight class. So unless Amanda wants to move up to one fifty to do this one time, like why? Why I don't. I, I, there's no reason for her to come. No, I wouldn't even entertain really- an offer. Just it'd be, ask, it'd be uh, tough. Yeah. You know, like said, if, if, PL, if PFL is doing these million dollar tournaments, you can just keep doing that or going to other avenues. Like maybe pro wrestling will be a better avenue for her star power and earning power. So she'll have to make the decisions for herself that seem right. But so far, you know, PFL has been a win-win for her. She's getting exposure. She's getting her name out there. She gets to, you know, do her 30 second promo after talking about taking down. Who's, who's she, who's she going to take down? I can't remember who she talked. She's like, oh, I take that guy down too. Oh, oh I think she, she could take you to whoop Izzy's ass. I think is what she said. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, so, I would like I mean, to see that. It's a great avenue for her to 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 slowly become a star. But you know, you have limited exposure on uh, uh, PFL too. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I like what PFL is doing though. It's going to put it out there. I do, I like their tournament structure. I don't like their stupid contender series idea. Do you keep doing tournaments? I I like when people have a different different niche because I can already watch. The UF, I don't need to watch a lesser version of the UFC product. Doesn't do anything for me at that point. Mike, Nate Diaz, final fight on his contract is coming up. We Interesting. got they were talking about Vincente Luque. I guess they haven't gotten that done or didn't happen. Um, we have Nate now saying he's willing to fight Tony Ferguson too. Uh Dana White said we're gonna get we're working on a fight for Nate, and Tony wasn't really somebody that I had in mind. Realistically, I'm assuming they think he's they can get him to stay or re-sign him or something. But if they're working under the assumption this might be his last UFC fight, they need to give it. They need to give him to somebody who benefits off of a Nate Diaz, the Nate Diaz rub, right? You're assuming you're you're. That's one way to assume this would go. I'm almost thinking they're looking for someone that they think can beat Nate Diaz. They, like wow. they, they did that in his last fight. And then somehow Nate Diaz won, lost the fight, and came out a bigger star, and and everybody and nobody gave Leon Edwards any credit for beating him. <laughs> you gotta they, 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 honestly, you gotta do it like you gotta give him somebody like Jorge, where someone is gonna throw down like like Vicente Luque was a good choice, I thought honestly, because Vicente's young and he fights exciting. I think but, I, I, I think for I think for Nate Diaz's last fight potentially with the UFC, I think you give him someone like like Jorge or someone that they can main event um, that particular card with just Nate with just Nate Diaz. I don't think you can do that with Luque or with um, uh, the other one. Um. Tony Ferguson. I don't think they're, they're going to serve Tony. I don't think they're going to do Tony Ferguson because I think Tony Ferguson's 37 years old and the UFC doesn't view him as somebody they can make money off of. 
I'm trying to think who they could send out there, Mark. To be honest, I I'm look. I don't know what weight class Nate's even thinking of these days. I'm gonna guess like someone someone at lightweight or light heavy. I mean, or, I think I think Mike was on potentially a right path. If this is if, if they're seriously worried about losing Nate because they don't want to pay him what you know he's gonna think he's worth, you might go out for one of the big ones. You know, why not have him fight Jorge again or fight uh, Connor again? You know, get that big nut, get that last big paycheck if you think this is really going to be the last one. Because, I mean, for years, it's like, oh, yeah, they'll have Connor in 8-3. That, that's guaranteed to happen at some point. Oh, yeah, him and Jorge will fight again. But it's like, if this is his last fight and dude might just roll up and bounce and fight Jake Paul or do whatever else he wants, if, if they're seriously concerned, it's like, maybe it's time to make that big money fight. And put a wrap on his UFC career if they're that concerned about it. I mean, otherwise, like what you guys are saying, having him fight some young up and comer to potentially build a star off that could work. And I think you're right. That's kind of what they were angling for with Leon Edwards. But it, well, like you also described, that can backfire, right? It doesn't take a lot for Nate to do a little bit in the last round and say, fuck this fight. I won that fight. You, look at this guy flopping around the last round. You tell me I, he won the fight and he's almost dead? Come on. I mean, so <laughs> it, it's tough. I, nobody here believes that we're not going to see Nate Diaz fight anybody again after this, right? Because, I mean, this is fight sports, and Nate Diaz is one of the biggest names. Someone's going to back up the truck with money, right? Like, someone will pay Nick, Nate Diaz he'll, to fight. He'll sit out could, just as easily. Could too. you imagine how much Bellator would pay Nate Diaz to go fight? There's that, too. Bellator would back it up, and Bellator's like, we're gonna, you want to fight in San Jose three times a year? I was I'm like, you know, like I, come I was, on. <laughs> I was thinking about this yesterday. Um... Uh, when I was uh, walking around my neighborhood, and for some reason this popped into my head, and I thought, I thought this, and then I agreed with myself as I thought it. If Nate Surprise, Diaz, shocking. if Nate Diaz never won another fight, I would still be right there to watch every Nate Diaz fight, and I think that is the exact same attitude anyone has with Nate Diaz that's a fan of his. Yeah, I've, I've expl- I mean, I have some other friends who like have explained it to you. Just like they're, it's not about whether they win or lose. And they, him and him and his brother, and they're both great fighters, and they've won far more than they've lost. But it's about how they did it. It's about their and mentality and things going in there. Bellator, honestly, Scott Coker knows how to promote a Diaz brother. And if you tell me, like, I mean, MVP is fighting Nate Diaz. I mean, shit, right? I just uh, don't know if they have the revenue streams that Nate's going to be interested in. When you're talking about getting percentages of pay-per-views, like that, now we're talking million of bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, Bellator might be able to give you like 500 if for show, 500 you win. That, that's how they did That's how they did Strike Force. was like, yo, you're getting big show money. You're getting big win money. But like, we're not selling pay-per-views no pay-per-view over here, dude. True. Like, I you're going gonna to get this money and that's what you're going to get. But when it's like pay-per-view buys, it's like, okay, now I can actually put my fucking star power to use. I can make money off being so famous and getting people interested in my fight. But it's like, yeah, if he goes to Bellator, it's like they don't really do. I mean, they do do pay-per-views, but I don't even. I don't. I mean, they haven't done a pay-per-view. And no, they're Showtime I, now. That's it, Mark. They're not going to do anything else. I mean, but Showtime can do pay-per-views. I don't right? think. I mean, they, do, they, they, do, they do boxing stuff. It, if Nick comes to town and they sign a contract with him, he's probably going to want to. Uh, pay-per-view and he's probably going to want percentage right i can't yeah. imagine he's going to want to just have show money and fight i mean money. i bet they could sell honestly with his name alone they could sell a pay-per-view people they know could, who he is they break a mill they don't need to break a mill he doesn't give a fuck give me five dollars for every paper give me give me ten dollars for every paper you sell five dollars so he gets a bigger cut yeah, yeah maybe maybe i mean if i i'm just in my head i mean i know i've shit on mvp a lot but in terms of spectacle 
you give me MVP versus Nate Diaz? Shit. I mean, it's but, one. It's also the thing is like he'll need to have a dance partner that someone gives a shit about, and it's like I, I think Bobby MVP is probably your best bet because I mean, what you film in there with a Lima, and he he's doesn't gonna, give a, Nate doesn't want to be the champion of that. Nate Nate, Nate decided no, he's the champion of all this shit. No, no, I know, I, I know that, but it's like who do you put against him that's going to get people actually interested? Besides Fedor. the hardcore Nate. And like MVP, I think, I think that's your best bet. Fedor, <laughs> no, Fedor. Fedor. Bobby, you win. Him and Fedor. That, that's they're they're going to do a bunch of open weight shit in Russia. This is what's going to happen. We got to see where this goes, man. It's hard to say. I'm uh, buying five pay-per-views. They they do Nate Diaz and Fedor Millionenko. I wonder if this gets them. Honestly, I wonder if it gets them back on CBS. If they do this. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That'd be interesting. It, but, but it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who they match him up with. It's going to be interesting to see how he performs. I mean, PFL is not going to be able to do it, right? PFL is going to have to, like, pay him enough to, like, he could wipe his ass with their million-dollar check. Well, right? yeah, he's going to be like, I got to win a whole fucking tournament to get a mill. I'm going to fight one fight, maybe get injured or have to take a break and not be able to make the rest of the tournament. Like, then he gets a bye for my three rounds and fights the final <laughs> or some shit. You can't, yeah. I don't know. So it, that's going to be really intriguing to see how those negotiations play out because like i said like i said earlier too like nate, nate sat out for a year waiting for a right fight yeah like this is not a dude that's just going to take whatever to keep the ball flowing to keep the money coming in he will sit his ass out and make you respect do you, him do you, and, do you know and, what's interesting about nate i don't get the impression that he's somebody who's just pissing away his money either because I don't yeah. think they, he doesn't I don't, seem I don't, like he lives. He li they live pretty large, but not that large. It's I don't even think they Connor. live that large. I think that, I think honestly, I bet Nate has like a three thousand dollar bicycle or some shit like that, or like he has shit like yeah. that. He has like I, I bet Nate's house is paid for. I bet Nate's got a fucking sure. car. He's at. I know Nate's Nate's a dad now. They said. I think that's oh, someone mentioned that. I think they mentioned that afterward before his last fight or before that. They said Nate's got a kid now. They're very private people. These Diaz brothers, mm -hmm. by the way, which respect. Um, I don't think he needs to do this. Remember before you fought Connor, he said he's gonna buy a boat. He's gonna have a boat when he beat Connor the first time. There, there's he doesn't need to do this. So we'll see. And he plays the game so well. I have complete faith that Nate's gonna come out of this fine. Whatever he does. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever um, he ends up doing, he's gonna make bank. So before we talk about the UFC 267 picks, I just want to mention that um, our long national nightmare is over. Ariel Hawani, uh, Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub has waved the white flag. Like a bitch. He has walked on to the carrier to sign the surrender papers like a bitch. Um, yeah, Ariel 10-7'd him, as everybody is saying. So, uh, Brendan Schaub, tail tucked between legs. Ariel Hawani, and for the four people that get this joke, remain CEO of P.F. Chang's. Let's go ahead, folks. Um, I, I really wish other people were, you guys were born into this stupid story. It was so stupid. It was hilarious. Um, the, right. the story where it's ultimately Brendan Shaw gets beat by a better man is one I've seen him play throughout <laughs> his career. So it's not like this is new territory for him. He got uh, his ass just... beat in May. And then when he tries to go into commentary, he fights the big dog and he gets chewed out. So lesson learned once again for Brendan Shaw. And then uh, one last piece of news. Um, looks like we're going to have Israel, Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker fighting in either Seattle or Canada. Um, in February, on February 12th, 2022, um, if it is in Seattle and the card is good enough, I'd actually be interested in going to that. But we got Australia versus New Zealand too. Last time we did it in a, in a stadium in, uh, New Zealand or Australia last time? Australia, right? Australia, yeah. I think Australia. I don't know what's going on with Izzy and his feelings about his home country, but Izzy seems, the whole team seems furious with the, with the way they got yeah. treating MMA. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I think them fighting in Seattle would be cool. Um, 
I don't know if it's in the key arena because that was a really old arena. <laughs> Tell us old when we went there like a decade. Ago. Yeah, but like, they just have, they have a hot, the other thing they have they just have a they have an NHL team just started this year. Okay. I don't know where they play. Maybe they built a, whatever that hockey arena is. That'd be kind of cool. And then, um, but Canada, man, I mean, if they could be the first card in Canada post uh, post pandemic. Yeah, sure. there hasn't you been know. a card at all over up there. Yeah, yeah, you know, put that in Vancouver. I mean, if they're talking about Seattle, I'm going to guess Vancouver, maybe. That's awesome. So close. Vancouver has fucked it up. If you have, have, they fucked it up with Vancouver a few times, too. A um, couple bad cards. So that's a big fight. Um, but anyway, let's talk about this card, this pay-per-view. Um, we're already go, we're going to try to keep our picks fast and to the point. Um, sorry. My dog just went underneath me. Um, Jan Blahovich. The light heavyweight champion of the world, reigning and defending, defended his title uh, one time. Um, his he's on a five fight winning streak, um, three finishes in that. Uh, he got himself a split win over Jacare, fucking how split, and then um, his last fight over Izzy really showed something there. I we I think I talked about it last week where how impressed I was with him showing up where the lights were brightest for him. Um, his is his second time fighting in Abu Dhabi. He took that he took the vacant vacant title when he knocked out Dominic Reyes in Abu Dhabi last September. Um, Glover Teixeira, the ageless wonder, um, coming off of five straight wins, um, three four of those being finishes, um, three of those being chokes. Um, his last win, a choke of Tiago Santos. Before that, he beat Anthony Smith's front teeth out of his mm. mouth. Um, Glover um, really turned it around in recent years. He talked about how he was, he didn't want to say the word alcoholic, but he was drinking a lot and he was not training as hard as he should have. Um, 41 years old, though, man, getting a second crack at that title. Betting odds for this one. We got uh, Glover as a plus 240 underdog to Jan's minus 310 favorite status. Mike, new champ or no? Uh, no, there's not going to be a new champ. Um, I think in normal times or maybe even a month or two ago, I probably would have gone with the emotional pick and picked Glover just because I really would like to see him, um, cap out the twilight of his career as UFC champion. But I have recently lost first place in our rankings. So I had to make smarter picks. You know, and, you, and, you would still be in first place if you had the good sense to change your pick when the Paulo Costa nonsense was happening all week. You had all week. <laughs> I I thought about it, but I thought, you, you know what? This man is going to go in there juicy as hell, like not having cut any weight. I thought this was going to be a for sure win. That was idiotic of me. Uh, but in this case, um, I think that the fairy tale run Glover's on ends on Saturday. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, Blahovich also have Jan taking this again, uh, taking this and retaining the title. I would not even be a little sad. I'd actually be pretty happy if Glover won. I think it'd be a really nice story for Glover after all of his years and how long it took him to get to the UFC and the ass kicking John Jones dished out on him. Um, for him as a, oh, I, I really have a soft spot for these old fighters, man. And if he gets a champion, he gets a title. Means he gets one more big payday after this. It'd be really nice. But I, Jan's clicking, man. Jan's on all levels. He's just, he's coming to his own as a champion. 
I think I think he's defending this successfully. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. Um, I, I too would be. It would be quite a story. I was even thinking like. Would he be the oldest light heavyweight champion? But I think Couture was like 43 or something when he got it off Chuck. So like even I then, think Randy it, was 45 years old for about 15 years. It felt like Randy <laughs> like, might have been. Um, yeah, I mean, it, Glover's on a run. I mean, like you, Bobby, like I'm not going to be like insanely shocked. We come back here next week and it's like, yeah, I can't believe Glover cracked him and then on the ground was able to get a choke off of like he has a skill set that that's literally the scenario him. in my head mark yeah, like I mean, he cracks that, him choke that's it like <laughs> that's it for me too like i i don't really see glover being able to take him down necessarily i do see his avenue to victory being submissions and i, and I feel like the best way he's going to get that is like if yong gets cracked and his it, you know, his capacity is not really there and he's able to, to sneak something in really quick um outside of that yon has been kind of firing on all cylinders <laughs> Um, and, and not to be super um, critical, but like at the same time, if Glover and I, I don't want to be mean to the guy, but like if Glover's your champion, it's like man, this division has really just taken such a tumble. <laughs> like this, we had a bunch of one eighty fivers running around like top shit, and now it's like this, Jan, this is what we call a transitional champion if he does it, win it, it because we got the young guys coming. Yeah, like, and that's very true. Like this is definitely a division that has just had a lot of change. We had a reigning champion that was demolishing everyone. Now that John Jones and even DC is out of the picture. We're seeing some of these other guys kind of come to fruition. And, and Glover's one of those guys. And I think, like you said, he made life lifestyle adjustments that have really improved his game. Um, so yeah, I'm picking Jan, but like you, like if Glover gets a submission win, like that's just going to be fun. You know, he, he's worked really hard. He's made the adjustments in his career. I, I just feel like it's a little too little too late for him, but definitely rooting for, you know, for that. Glover's also a, a big man. It's going to be a very big uh, change from his last fight for Jan because Glover is... That's true. Glover's not a, Glover's a solid 205 pounder. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I'm here for this. I, I want Yuri Prochaska to fight Jan. That That's, would be fun. That is the that fight. Dude's fun. That, that is my dude. That is the fight for me, man. They got to do that in Europe. They, if they could do that in Poland, because uh, Yuri's from, mm -hmm. I think he's from Czech Republic, I think. Something like that. Really close, and, yeah. And so um, Jan getting crazy. a fight, getting the fight in his home country as champion, I think I think that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. um, Co-main event. Marcus, Peter Jan did maybe the stupidest thing any champion's ever done in yep. a title fight. Mm -hmm. Need a downed opponent. He had plenty of time to do it, to, to think about it. He need the shit out of, out of Aljamain Sterling. Knocked him silly. Lost the title. Um, this was supposed to be the rematch. Aljo's got a bad neck. Um, hopefully they get that fixed by early 2022. So this is an interim title fight. Um... Was got, I guess they wanted TJ Dillashaw. It made the most sense, but TJ got hurt or is hurt. So instead, um, Corey Sandhagen, who lost a razor thin decision to TJ Dillashaw back in July. Um, personally, I thought Corey won, but it was kind of hard to call that a robbery, to be honest. It was just a close fight. Um, betting odds for this one. Um, does anybody else have it in front of them? Uh, yes, Go ahead. I do, as I stall for time, um, Peter Jan is a negative 265, um, favorite. Okay. And saying Sanhagen coming in at plus 210. Um, Mark, who do you got? Yeah. I mean, on a lot of levels, this fight reminds me when he fought Jose Aldo, right? Like he's fighting someone that maybe didn't win his last fight to get it, but a lot of people thought he won. Um, and at the end of the day, I was like, I still, I, that was Peter Yawn and Aldo, right? Am I, am I mistaken yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. So, and, and I feel like 
it, I thought Jan was the better fighter there. I think Jan's going to be the better fighter here. But Corey Sanhagen, you know, like leading up to the TJ fight, even though I picked TJ, like I've I've been on this dude's train for a while. I keep forgetting that Sterling just smoked him so quickly. But like he's I don't think he's he picked TJ talent. either. I think you actually. I think oh you're surprised. I'll, I'll look. It doesn't matter. Well, but yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because I've been really high on Corey. But yeah, P Peter's just been. I mean, in my eyes, the, the champion, you know, he, he made an error in judgment that cost him the belt, rightfully so. It also reminded me in that Alex Caceres fight, um, he also got need uh, as a ground opponent. And I liked Jason Herzog took a point away immediately. That was a good call. Uh, but that all being said, yeah, I think. I think oh, yes, yeah, I know. When, oh, is it DC the one complaining about them taking a point? And I'm just like, he's like, oh, you should have given him a warning. I'm like, he told for them the between. Near, for the eye poke. Oh, the eye poke. What am I thinking? Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, talk yeah. I'm talking about the other thing. Yeah, I'm talking about the eye poke thing. Yeah. That was nonsense. What do you mean you're going to take to give him a warning? They had the rules beforehand. <laughs> they know the rules. No warning. It, it <laughs> is completely up to the referee, you know, and, and maybe it's time that the, the general rule that we all agree on is like, oh, yeah, you get one free eye poke and a free nut shot. You get all this free stuff. Like, may maybe we shouldn't be giving them free anything. You know, maybe they need to, you know, make sure they don't poke dudes in the eye and kick them in the nuts and, and, and then not do it after the fact. But that all being said, uh, Unless Peter Yan again has a mental lapse and does something stupid like soccer kicks him on the ground, you know, I do feel skill for skill, he's just a little more polished and he should get the W here. Mike. I believe we're gonna be sweeping this one. I'm going with Peter Yan as well. Um, nothing he has done in the last uh, year and a half has shown him to not be the best bands player in the world. All right. Um you pick uh, Mike picked Dillashaw and Stefan picked Dillashaw. You and me took Sandhagen. Ah, fools. Fools also, we were. Also, Mike spelled Corey Sandhagen wrong in the tag for the article, so it took me an extra three minutes to find it. Well, so, you thank know. You. That, that's thank you for that, Mike. Appreciate well, you know, it. You know, shit happens. <laughs> um, I, I love Corey Sandhagen. I'm all about the way this dude fights. And, and honestly, wouldn't be even a little bit surprised if he won this thing. This would be not even a, a mild surprise because he is that good. Um, I need to stop picking against Peter Yawn. That's it, folks. I need to stop picking against Peter Yawn. I do it too much because I'm going to talk myself into pick. If he wins this fight, I'm going to talk myself into picking Aljamain Sterling to beat him in a fight where we saw the first time it was not going so well for Aljamain Sterling towards the end there. Okay. Um, I got Peter Yawn, man. He's looking good these days. He's just looking sharp, knocking people out. Just, you know, don't be a dumbass, you know? And it's going to be really interesting if he's the interim champion because people are going to view him as a real champion. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Clean sweep on that one. Let's see if we got a clean sweep. I think we're going to have a lot of clean sweeps. As, as, good yeah. as, these, as good as this fight card is, I think there's some pretty clear favorites in the, what's coming up here. Um, Daniel Hooker, crazy person, Call him is taking Dan on. Call him Daniel Hooker? Dan Hooker. Is that better? I mean, yeah, it just uh, sounds... I know his name is Daniel. Well, it, it says Daniel on, on Best Fight Odds. It says Daniel. So, Dan Hooker. <laughs> I, it's like three-week notice he's taking this thing, right? Or some shit like that? Well, I guess or some, less. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Um, taking on Islam Makachev. Nobody wants to fight Islam Makachev. Um, for good reason. He fucks people up. 20-1. and one. Adriano Martins should put that on his resume that he's the one win over uh, Islam Makachev. Knocked him out in a minute and 46. Coming off of beating Tiago Moises, uh, rear naked choke. Took him four rounds to do that. Uh, Dan Hooker, when was the last time we saw Dan? Um, was it Chandler? The Chandler fight? He, uh, one after that. he fought uh, He fought four weeks ago. 
That's why he's doing this fight. He fought Nasrat Hakparast. Um, UFC 266. Uh, won a three-round decision. And is now taking on uh, Islam Makachev a month later. That's um, that's a man that's trying to, you know, use the fact that he's in the United States. Just yeah. his advantage before well, he has when to you go, go back, back to New Zealand. Don't they quarantine for like two fucking weeks? And all this, like, yeah. It's not great. Um... He said he's moving. Yeah, he, he said he's actually he's one of the ones guys guys moving. He's like fuck this visa stuff. Um, he's not going back home. So, um, he's a minus. He's a plus four forty favorite. A four forty underdog. Minus six fifty for Islam Makachev. That's a massive favorite. No one with their right mind is going to pick against a favorite that big. Um, I got Islam Makachev. If it goes five rounds, I honestly don't know who that helps. Because that's did the rumors. Like wait, Dan, did, Dan, did they decide to have it go five rounds? Well, Dan no. said I want it to be five rounds, and Islam said that's not good for you. And then Dan's like, "Well, that sounds like a yes to me." If it goes five rounds somehow, if they decide it's five rounds, I don't think that helps. I don't know what helps, to be honest. But I don't think he's winning this. I think he's. I think he'll survive, but I think he's losing pretty handedly. Mark, what do you think? Uh, same. Uh, Islam's wrestling's so fun to watch I'm, I'm mostly just excited to see how the fight actually unfolds you know dan hooker is a, a good step up for islam because i don't think he's fought in anyone quite with like the cachet and the experience that dan has against like top flight competition um i'm still expecting so him to easily the best opponent he's fought right and, and i think the stand-up will be interesting dan is a really tall guy but i i don't think He's flawless in the stand-up. I think he does make some rudimentary mistakes that Islam's going to be able to capitalize. He's going to be able to negate the distance and you know start wrestling. And then it'll be interesting to see how Dan does there. Is he going to be able... It's very difficult to fight someone like Islam and not get exhausted just getting, you know, building yourself. I mean, he does just what Habib does. He'll let you build yourself up to the base to try to stand up. You'll stand up and like, okay, he's got back clinch on me, but I'm standing up at least. And he'll just drag your ass back down and you rinse repeat that five times in a round. It, it wears on guys. So it's going to be, I'm just really excited just to see him back in there. Um, and this is a good comp, you know, this is a good opponent for him. So once he beats Stan Hooker, if he can get past him, I think there's a lot of interesting matchups. And I think the title, you know, is, is fairly close. I think there's still some big names he needs to prove himself against, but Dan Hooker, has shown to be kind of a title contender maker, right? You beat Dan Hooker, you're kind of in title contention. That's Dude, exactly I, what happened with Chandler. I love so. lightweight. Uh, unless your name is Conor McGregor or, or something like that, you got to win so many fights to get a title shot at lightweight. So many goddamn fights. Mike, clean sweep? We're sweeping it. We're sweeping it. Islam Makachev. Um, next on the card... Alexander Volkov, the six foot seven Russian heavyweight, coming into the UFC, loss of loss against Cyril Gaon his last fight. Before that, he beat Alistair Overeem like he owed him money. Do you remember that one? Alistair was bleeding all over the place. I think that was Alistair's mm -hmm. last UFC fight. I think. Um, taking on Marcin Tybura, um, who was a lot more fun when they called him Al Capone. To be honest. Marcin's coming off is, is on a five-fight win streak. Beat up Walt Harris in June. Sure. Beat up Greg Hardy um, last December. Good for him. Beaten, yeah, God bless him. Um, has had some losses in the UFC. Um, he's been in here a while, though, man. He's got loss over Tim Johnson, Fabricio Verdum, Derek Lewis, Shamil Abdurrahimov, and Augusto Sakai. 
Seems to have taken a turn recently. 35 years old. Um, training at Syndicate MMA is what people are saying, which is the one in uh, in Vegas with Robert Fallis and um, what's her name's fighting there? Roxy fights there. Misha fights there. That team over there. Um, betting odds for this one. Marcin is a plus 225 underdog to Volk, uh, Volkov's minus 290 favorite. I'm going to take the tall guy. I got Volkov despite Marcin's five-fight win streak. I think Volkov is very good. Um, I think he's a very good fighter. I'm not sure he's going to be champion or anything, but I think he's had an absurd number of fights too for someone as young as him. He's 32 years old, had 42 fights. I got I got Alexander Volkov. Mike, what about you? Volkov has great stand-up. I think better than Tybora's. So I'm going with Volkov. Argus. Well, you're, you this don't is have the to only this is the <laughs> only fight I, I I differ on just to make it interesting. Because like you, I think Alexander's the favorite. Obviously, uh, Marcin's hot though, buddy. Marcin's hot. I, I'm going to take Marcin just to mix it up. This is see see Mike. You might learn this later on. Sometimes when you become champion, you got to take these calculated risks. Uh, you got to <laughs> separate yourself from the pack. Now, this could screw me and we're tied again, or it could put me another. I can't wait to Mike You place. say that. You say that, mm -hmm. or it could be I knew that you were going to go for Tybor. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go for Volkov. No, nobody, nobody knew I was going for Tybor. <laughs> this, this, this is, I think, of the underdogs to, to pick on this one, I'm going to go with him playing the odds. Whenever we pick all the same fights, we're never right. There's always one we get wrong. There's going to be one in here that's going to be wrong, and I'm 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 putting my money. It's going to be this one. But yeah, I think Alexander is a little more technical on the feet. Um, is going to have an advantage there. Um, I feel like he, he's a favorite for a reason. Um, but I think Marcin can get it done. You know, like you said, he's on a bit of a hot run. He has a couple finishes here. So let, let's see what he can do. Um, so I'll I'll mix it up here. All right, we got Lee Jing Lang. Um. The uh, number 11 ranked welterweight uh, coming off of how the fuck did he beat Ponzinibbio? When did that happen? How, yeah, what he, the? When Ponzinibbio came back, we're all excited and he beat the shit out of him. <laughs> okay. Taking on Kamzat Chemeyev, the man that we were all hyped up on last year. 9-0, um, just fucking people up. All right. Last person he beat up was G Gerald Mearshart. Mearshart is a real good fighter. Beat his ass in 17 seconds. He is 9-0 with nine finishes. All right? He's got three UFC fights. Then he's got this much hype. Submission win. Darsh choke. Performance of the night. TKO. Punches. Performance of the night. Aforementioned KO over Mearshart. Performance of the night. Um, COVID beat this man's ass. Chemeyev got really rough COVID, and it sounded like he tried to retire. And then the Chechen warlord, uh, Ramzan Kadyrov, I hate talking about this guy, um, unretired him, said he talked him out of retirement. So, okay. Um, I guess if I gave a man a Mercedes Benz one time, I guess I would hold some, hold some sway over him also. Also, if I had an army and a lot of guns, probably holds a lot of sway as well. Um, the better, the betting odds um, don't care about how bad this man's COVID was because he is a minus, where is this at? 450 favorite. It's a lot. Yeah, I, 
What am I going to say, man? He's going to, I, I think he's going to win. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think he's going to win too, but I wouldn't sleep on Lee. Um, Cause this, this has been a guy that has surprised me in the past. This would obviously the big, the biggest upset um, he's been able to pull off. But like you said, with his Ponza Nibio fight, I was like, well, yeah, Lee's kind of a slugger. He likes to get in there and bang and, Ponzanibio is a more technical striker. Now, obviously, Kazmat is a fantastic wrestler, a great grappler, but he's also shown like he's pretty competent on the feet. He knows how to how to stick up there and defend himself and do damage. Um, but he also knows, like, you know, if, if he if it's not working his way, he has that wrestling to fall back on. Um, I picked Marcin as my big upset, but like I'm I'm not gonna be super shocked if Lee pulls something off here because he has heavy hands. If he can get it done, like I, I just, I, I kind of, he's got to, I think he's got to drag it out. I'm basing this entirely Cosmo off the fact, Lee? Lee, I'm basing oh, this entirely the, the, the on the fact COVID? that maybe this guy's got some long-term COVID. This is, if he does, he shouldn't be fighting. But um, if he's got some long-term COVID issues that he can't, he can't make. But I, yeah, he's, he was uh, winning so handedly. I see your point though. Lee is tough. Lee is very mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm picking Cosmo. Um, I just, I just see. In my mind's eye, when I picture like something weird happening, I could see Lee pulling. Like I said, of one of these main card fights, we're gonna get one wrong, and I don't think any of us are gonna pick against Kazmat. He just looked too good. It's it's too big of a risk. But I'm not gonna be sh again. I'm not gonna be shocked. We come back next week. He's like, man, Lee did it. He he fucking hit him with that punch. We didn't see coming. He maybe underestimated him. Whatever the case may be, I'm calling it now. I'm not picking him, but I'm calling for a potential upset alert here. Put some money, put a little, you know, $10 on Lee because he might pull it off. But uh, I'm not picking him still. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think there could be something here. And uh, Mike. Yeah, until I actually see um, concrete results that COVID-19 took something from Kimeyev, I'm going to assume he's coming back just how he was before, which if that's the case, it's going to be a long night for Jiang Liang. All right, and finally, we're picking the opener, Magomed Ankalov, taking Vulcan Ozdemir. Betting odds for this one. I accidentally closed Best Fight Odds. Somebody give it to me. Uh, sorry, I was busy looking at the Chechen Republic on Wikipedia. I got it. Minus 340 for Ankalov, plus 260 for Ozdemir. I was just about uh, to give it to you. Ankalov um, is on a six-fight winning streak. Um, he lost his UFC debut getting triangle choked by Paul Craig, which quite frankly happens to the best of us, seems like. Um, since then, knockout of Marcin Prachino. Decision went over, went over Klitsin Abrehu. Knockout of Dalcha. I can't say this man's last name. Knockout of Ion Kutalaba. And fuck it, let's do it again. Another knockout of Ion Kutalaba. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, Nikita Krylov. Boom, decision win. Um, he's 15 and one. He is 29 years old. He is from Dagestan. He's got 15 wins, nine by knockout, six by decision. Volkan Ozdemir, man, this guy showed up to the UFC like a, it was a, ooh. he showed up, beat OSP, knocked out Serkinov, knocked off Minowa. They're like, let's give you a title shot against Daniel Cormier. Didn't go well. Then he fought Anthony Smith. Didn't go well. Then he fought Dominic Reyes. Didn't go well. Turned around, wins over the legend, Ilar Latifi. And Alexander Rakic, which is a win that is going to look even better, I think, in two years. Um, coming off of getting his shit rocked by Yuri Prochaska. Um, I I can't pick Volkan Ozdemir in this fight. 
like Ankalov is a killer. And I'm oh, there's fight times when Ozdemir fights Mark, and I'm just like, we had this guy as a top five light heavyweight. Easy. And then there's other times Easy. when like he, you know, he looks like he is. Yeah, He's he very has, inconsistent mm-hmm. though. Yeah, he has he has such a great little knockout thing. I mean, probably from the fact I don't know how great his English is, but you know, he would knock someone down, then he would just point to his wrist, like, yo, no time. I don't got no time for this shit. He got no time, yeah. Um He's Swiss, 32 years old, no time. Yeah, I just, I can't pick him. He's too inconsistent. Mark, what do you think? No, I'm with you too. I got Ankalov, obviously. I do too. Um, And I'm not, like, I think about the fights I've seen with Ankalov and, like, they don't really spring to mind. Going just purely off record momentum and all those things, I got him. Mike? You would think, considering Ozdemir is Swiss, he'd have, you know, all the time in the world. That's kind of what they're known for. (sighs) That was terrible. Uh, I knew it was go- coming too. There was some <laughs> terrible joke. Some terrible joke. Stop <laughs> stop hating. I'll pick it ankle off. Okay. <laughs> um all right. Um I think that's it um for the MMA talk. I don't think anything else happened. Um trying to see uh what's going on. Besides crazy people protesting Brooklyn Nuts games. That's a thing. By the yeah, way, I, I heard something about that on um, Power 105, which is one of the hip-hop stations over here. And one of the dumbass radio hosts was like, oh, I support Kyrie. So that dude's an idiot. I don't know who it was, but he's a dumbass. Um, Him and Kyrie. By the way, uh, I think Ariel Hawani said that whoever comes out to... I- I'm- are you guys in on the Island Boy meme? I'm an Island Boy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> This song is wonderful. I think Ariel said whoever comes out to this song gets like a big feature segment on the MMA Hour. Mark, are you familiar with this? Negative. Okay, send the video. We'll send the video for after the podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk about it. Um, Oh, in other news, this guy missed weight on the Contender Series and called his Afghani opponent a terrorist. Not a good, good move, one. bro. Good move, bro. Way <laughs> to go. There. Good pivot there. Oh, no, no, it's not about me missing weight. That guy's a terrorist. Like, yeah, looking great, buddy. You're making all the right decisions. He, 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 right went, he went for the George Bush approach of like, I'm just going to say 9-11 and hope for the best here. <laughs> See if that distracts people. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, Bobby, did you mention where the guy is from? Because it... Mark, Mark is probably thinking it is some redneck from like. Oh, Arkansas. no, they booked an Israeli against an Afghani and they thought yeah. it was going to go well. No. Okay. There's already... In fairness, <laughs> I mean... They'll say you can't miss. You can't miss it. weight. You can't miss weight. Okay, all right. I thought you were gonna. Well, say what am I gonna say? Stuff. Afghanistan. Afghanistan's a poor country that never attacked Israel. Like, what do you mean? What's he? Kind of. What do you want me to say? Like, it's not even that. Um, all right. Um, let's do stuff we like. Stuff we uh, like. Let me let me go first. Uh, mine's uh, pretty quick. Okay. Um. So. I probably talked about this show when it first premiered last year. You're not even um, talking about Dune after all this shit last week? I'm still like an hour in. Um, <laughs> okay, fair I enough. I got some Dunes. Don't worry. I got, I got your Dune covered. All right. No so it's um, the second season to this show, um, Love Life. Um, it was a show that the first season starred Anna Kendrick um, of uh, Pitch Perfect fame and uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world fame. Um, it premiered right around the time. <laughs> no one says 
Scott Pilgrim versus the world fame. Yeah, I mean, she's Anna like Kendrick. a very small I, We, we all love Scott she Pilgrim, but there's in not it. one person who's saying Anna right? Kendrick is known. She was in it. She was in it, and then she started dating uh, uh, the director, right? Edgar? So there's she a connection did. there. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, I heard that. She'll always be Stacey Pilgrim to me. Anyway, um, Love Life is a show that premiered uh, right around the time that uh, HBO Max actually started airing. And it was a it was a very good show. I I loved it a lot. And I saw on Instagram that Love Life, the, the second season, is actually premiering. I actually did premiere um, earlier earlier this week. So I'm very interested to, to give it a watch. Um, some people you may have heard of that are going to be in it are uh, Blair Underwood, uh, Leslie Bibb, um, Jessica Williams from uh, Daily Show fame, uh, Janet Huber, otherwise known as Aunt Viv number one, is going to be in the in this season, and uh, Keith David. Uh, otherwise known as uh, Frank and Beans guy from uh, There's Something About Mary. A.K.A. Vice President Keith David from Saints Row, The Last Game. God bless him. Also known as uh, the President in uh, Rick and Morty as well. And also known as Goliath from Gargoyle. He's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, Keith David gets around. Yeah, yeah you, you've heard that voice before. Um, but yeah. If uh, you guys haven't watched the he first does, season, he does of... UFC narration. Also, I just remembered. Oh wow, there's that. <laughs> he does do that. As well. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, so if you haven't watched it yet, I would highly recommend watching Love Life the first season. And I guess I'll come back in probably about two three months to let you know how the second season went. Alrighty. Um. Uh, we'll end with Dune. Because I think that's probably gonna be the biggest thing. Even though I think Mike's the only one. Mark saw the full thing, actually. I guess I haven't seen, seen all the dunes, Bobby. All um, the dunes. You watched the first, You watched the original too. I watched the OG one too. We'll get. What's to it, it on? It's all on HBO, baby. They got you okay. covered. Um. All right. Let's see. Um. Rassel talk. Um. I really liked. Did you, Mike? Did you watch Brian Danielson and uh, Old Man Dustin Rhodes? Uh. Yeah. Was that good, was, was a good match. That was very good for a fifty-year-old man against a like nearly forty-year-old man. Um, I, yeah, I, I I like that. There was a lot of like. Th- there's been a lot of different strategies in um, each of Brian Danielson's uh, uh, matches at AEW, where I, I think you've said it a few times, where he has basically just tried to show just how complete a wrestler he is as soon as he came to AEW. And one thing that was really cool about this match was I think it was. Dustin, he was basically just working on Danielson's legs. Like that was the the, the gimmick for his mm-hmm. for him during the fight to like try to get rid of some of the uh, the quickness that Danielson has. And um they made it really work, like a really big dude and a, and a small guy in this match. He got him with a guillotine or something like that. What was it? He got him with some sort of choke. He tapped he passed out in a choke. Correct. I can't yeah. remember what uh what, what choke it Did was. Did you so. catch Lance Archer oh, almost breaking his neck? Marcus, this dude, Lance Archer, is like 6'7", I think. He's a big dude, Lance mm-hmm. Archer. He went for a moonsault off the top, landed on top of his head. Somehow didn't uh, break his Hayabusa neck. Hayabusa got it, kind of. Yeah. Um, he thankfully survived, and he's okay. He walked off on his own power. I'm not sure he was supposed to lose that match, to be honest, um, Mike. But uh, Eddie Kingston, 
you know, they got him in the ring and they pinned him. You could tell Eddie kept looking back in the ring afterwards to be like, is this guy okay? Like, is, is he all right? Um, I think the tournament is going to end. This is my pick. It's going to be Brian versus Mox in the finals. Um, with, uh, I think, I'm trying to think who's going to be the first contender for Hangman. Because I think Hangman's going to become champion. I think Mox turning heel is coming. Personally. If if he turns heel, he's going to need a different entrance song. Uh, he can't be a heel coming into Wild Thing. That's a fair point. That's that's a fair assessment. Um, I don't know. That's, I'm really digging this tournament. I, uh, I like this TBS championship tournament thing going also. I'm entertained. Oh, Mike. If I just may make one observation. The two major wrestling promotions in very quick succession, both of them are having tournaments men's and women's right the king of the ring and the queen of the ring just happened with the wwe mm-hmm. and now we've got these two tournaments in aew happening and i couldn't help but notice the stark contrast and like how much they're building up the, the, these tournaments as opposed to the king of the ring and the queen of the ring especially the queen of the ring mm-hmm. um yeah just man just another aew is hitting on all cylinders you know, every week this is what i'm with aew man it's not a perfect promotion by any means. Um, it's just the better promotion. That's it. They put on the better product. It's not that complicated. The show's better. Um, I am entertained by this feud between Britt Baker and Ty Conti that apparently is based entirely on who has a nicer ass. Ty um, Conti. Well, oh, thank you, Mike. <laughs> Well, I know, it's not even nicer. It's a, a Ty Conti said all, uh, I mean, all uh, Britt Baker said all Ty Conti knows how to do is show her ass. And then Ty Conti said, said, said Britt has no ass. Okay. That's the feud. Apparently <laughs> so far. Spoke, spoken like a true Brazilian, that Ty yeah. Conti. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't believe they couldn't do anything with her in WWE. Like, it's amazing to me that they could do nothing with her. What's um, what's really amazing is that it's not even that she got um, lost in the shuffle of the main roster, which you would almost expect that from you know being under the the watchful eye of Vince. But from everything I've heard, Triple H is normally a lot better down at NXT. Right? It seemed like they kind of train everybody the same way. It seems like sometimes over there, like, and you know, there's differences. Not not everybody looks exactly the same, but they all kind of like. The NXT people all punch the same. They all kick the same. You know what I mean? And she, she looked like she sucked in NXT. Like, she looked very not good. And I, I, my understanding is Dustin Rhodes is the one working with the women mostly in yep. AEW. He's, he's, the, he's, he's the head trainer for the women. He's killing it. He's such a good trainer. Um, and I think it wasn't that complicated. It's like, oh, you're a judoka? Let's have you throw people around. You know, oh, you know how to th- strike, actually? Let's have you do that. Let's make it look like you know what you're doing here. Um, they're just putting on a good show. We're, I think, three weeks out from all from um, full gear. Full gear. And Mark, it sounds like they're very much set up for the fact that they're gonna call that they're gonna have Jorge Masvidal wrestle in a six man tag. I think that's where we're headed. All right, that's easy um, enough. Oh no, I think it's a ten man tag. Even better. But I think the, 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 the whole gimmick is if like. Uh, Sammy Guevara, is the, I think I told you who he was last week. If Sammy Guevara wins this week, he gets to choose which members of American Top Team wrestle. And he's definitely picking Jorge Masvidal. We're all, I mean, and they can hide Jorge in a 10-man not to get hurt. So I feel a little yes. bit better about that. You know, he can go in, get walls at Jericho or something, go home. You know, anyway. 
Um, but yeah, that's it. I'm, you know, looking for a new show to watch. So that's that's what I probably should go back and finish What If and maybe start watching Squid Game or something. But anyway, Marcus, what do you got this week? Yeah, uh, before we get into Dune, I do want to mention Guardians of the Galaxy. The video game comes out today when you guys are listening to this. Um, and I've really enjoyed these bigger AAA Marvel games. Uh, I know uh, Avengers didn't really set off a lot. I mean, a lot of people did not like that game or like what it, what they were doing with the game and some of the adjustments they made with that game, even though they weren't playing it. People were very upset about some of the stuff they'd done. Um, I enjoyed that game. I loved the Spider-Man game. So I was, I've always been very excited about Guardians when they announced it earlier this year. Um, it got a lot of the backlash that the Avengers game did where it's like, they're not using the MCU actors. They're kind of taking their own spin on it. And people just kind of I've really written this game off when it was first shown, just saying like, these look like knockoff characters. Um, the game doesn't look fun. Yada, yada, yada. I, I was always really excited for it and, um, was somewhat relieved today to find the reviews are pretty positive. You know, it, it's middling around in that eight range which is really good for all the negative press that it was getting beforehand. Um, you know, mostly what I've heard, cause I've not played it yet is that, um, you know, the character, the characters in guardians are very well performed and written. Uh, the story itself is fun and interesting and goes in some good places. And mostly I heard the combat is not great, but manageable, definitely not a highlight, but overall that the game is very fun and interesting to play. And I'm excited to play it. So I was just glad to hear that it wasn't a complete train wreck. Cause what I saw and all the trailers leading up to it, I was like, this looks pretty good. I don't know why everyone's hating on this because it looks fun to me. I'm still excited for it. So I'm really excited to try that out. I should have mentioned last week, uh, they did release the last character for Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts, which was nice. a character that a lot of people were interested in. Um, and overall, I just wanted to kind of just give the game a shout out because what a fantastic what a massive undertaking this game has been uh for sakurai the uh developer for it i'm kind of like the director who's been doing i think all the smashes maybe even since, since the n64 um ultimate was just a herculean task where they're basically taking all the characters that they've done from the other games and throwing them into one and they had two seasons of dlc with characters that seemed unimaginable uh, some of the crossovers they pulled off especially joker from persona hero from dragon quest um, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII wasn't super surprising because they already had Cloud. Terry Bogart was out of nowhere and easily became one of my favorite characters in Smash. And then Sora was a really good way to cap it off. So it was really fun to watch uh, Sakurai do his last direct. And I kind of hope it's his last Smash game just because he's talk he's been very vocal about like how much work and energy it takes for him to produce these games and how much of you know kind of sucks away his life to kind of do this stuff. So I just, I'm very thankful. It's such a fun game that I've gone back to over and over again when new characters come out or just when it's just a fun game to jump into just when I just want to hit some shit and just beat up on some wacky characters. Um, so I want to give a shout out to that. Uh, and then mostly this week I've been watching a lot of Dune. I had never seen Dune before. I have always heard about it. It's obviously been a huge pillar in like the sci-fi community. Um, you know, especially, you know, I was kind of watching star Wars and people would bring up Dune and I just knew it had to take place in a desert and there was giant worms and there's some drug called spice, but never really got much more than that. Um, and, but Christine, my wife was a huge fan. So she wanted to watch the original one before we watched the new one. I was totally down. I was intrigued to watch it. Um, I found out later David Lynch did it, which I want to like David Lynch. The only thing I've seen of his that I've actually enjoyed has been Twin Peaks because I watched Mulholland Drive and that 
movie didn't make any fucking sense. I was so confused. Um, and OG Dune, I kind of recommend watching it before the new one. It definitely helped me understand kind of what was going on. Cause I think that that OG movie does do maybe a little too much handholding kind of telling you like, okay, they literally in the first like five minutes are like, here are the planets. This is house Atreus. This is house, whatever. Like they kind of really try to spell it out. And I think in a post game of Thrones world where we're kind of used to these houses fighting for, you know, uh, you know, different spots and, you know, the hierarchy of the galactic standings or whatever. It, it, it wasn't that hard to follow. That, that's my main thing is like, I watched the original OG doom and it was pretty easy to follow. And it definitely helped then watching this new one is like, okay, I'm familiar with who these characters are, who they're portraying and the slight differences they make. Um, and I really enjoyed both movies. I mean, obviously the original one, some of the special effects have not, aged well at all they looked i mean I, it's hard to believe even in like the 80s they didn't look campy then um but definitely you know today's cgi world like just really stand out like a sore thumb but like overall the movie was enjoyable and fun and then this new one i really enjoyed i, I thought it was a really fun ride um especially you know having the familiarity with the characters and what's kind of going on i wasn't getting dragged down in the minutiae of different names i didn't understand and and that maybe could be something difficult for people jumping into this new one but i definitely recommend it i had a good time watching it it is a part one of two so there's going to be a second movie um and yeah it was good performances obviously the effects were a lot better than the original one you know without saying but i enjoyed my time you know they're both kind of long movies but it, they held my attention uh, how was so. uh timothy chalamet chalamet the main dude chalamet people for the new like one this kid. he was yeah, good people seem to like this kid yeah i don't know what else he's been in because his face looks familiar i don't know if he was in it or something i can't because he get he's nominated young. for something mike am i imagining this timothy chalamet Ch uh, chalamet uh you, first, you said his last name in like six different ways. Um, well, pick the correct one and tell me if he ever was in a. He won nominated uh, for something. I probably would have said it each way you said it as well. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. Um, I've I've heard the name often enough, but I have no idea. No claim to what fame. We don't know. Like I definitely, his face is like I've seen him in something. Like he was in Ladybird. Did you see Ladybird? Oh, I didn't see Ladybird. Nope. I heard that was really good though. Uh, uh, no, he did. Go I think the cast is that was about uh, is that about a uh, LBJ's uh, old lady? No, so it's about a, a no. woman in Sacramento. That's yeah. all I knew. Is it takes place? That's why I, I don't know. I thought you saw that. Maybe I just assumed you saw it, but um, I guess he was in Homeland also. Don't remember that. Hmm. Anyway, uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean that all being said, you know, it, it has a very varied cast. You know, uh, Jason was it. I always want to say mimosa, but I know that's not it. I know that's the Momoa Momoa. Cause I know I'm just getting my orange juice and my booze mixed up with him. Uh, but he was good. Uh, Batista, you know, he doesn't have a huge role, but you know, he did. I, I think a lot of people do a, a good it's job. It's always a nice, it's a delight to see Batista in anything, quite frankly. Yeah. Me. I mean, he, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have a lot of lines. He's looking grimace and he, they definitely slap this dude in the fucking makeup chair again and be like, Let, let's get a bunch of shit all over your, I mean, he's just, He's just one tone. He doesn't have like the whole Drax thing, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the film. I had a good time. I definitely, if you're kind of into sci-fi or if you're into Dune, I would definitely, you know. So say, this is part one. Check. When's part two coming out? No, I have no idea. Probably two, three years. I don't know if they were. But the original. At the same time. But this is only half the movie, right? This is only half of what you saw in the first one. Yeah, and it watching the original one, like this first movie, probably eats up like 75 percent of what the OG one was. So it's like. You're kind of getting a lot in this first one. It's kind of most of the movie, and at least from what I remember from the OG one, like the stuff going into the second one, is it's still interesting and compelling. And 
but I can I remember the OG movie like definitely did like a, a time skip. It's like okay, he goes this place and yada yada yada. A bunch of stuff happens. They can expand upon that in the second film, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know when the All second right. film's coming out. And then I mean, look if you. If you're like, oh, I don't want to watch this and then have to wait two or three years or whatever it may be to watch the second one, you can just wait until part two comes out and watch them together. But, you know, I don't think you're going to regret your time watching this first one. It was enjoyable. Shout out to the pride of Oakland, Zendaya, representing in this movie. Yeah, I mean, look, don't look for her for a lot of lines in this movie. She's basically a dream for the vast majority of it. She comes in kind of towards the back end, but, you know. Also, I think she's uh, going to be more prominent in the second one. Mark, if you're if you're waiting with bated breath for that second movie, they haven't even started filming. filming. Yeah. And from what I read the other day, the director is still writing this, the the script for it. Okay. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be a hot sec. But uh, again, like this wasn't so good where I'm like, I need that second movie right now. It's like that was good. That was fun. I'll watch the second one whenever it comes out. But I'm not you know waiting on bated breath over here. Um, I can wait the three, four, five years. Whenever it comes out, I'll check it out. But yeah, enjoyed it. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to see if we got any new champions. And we got another pay-per-view. I know, we're back-to-back back back weekends. Back-to-back, back, we got, we, they should call this pay-per-view UFC 268 Unnecessary Rematch. Um, we got the rematch between Kobe Covington and Kamaro Usman. Covington, I think, won one goddamn fight to get this fight. One goddamn fight to win this fight. Well, this how fight. many did Masvidal get for his rematch? He lost one. The same one to the guy. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, Leon Edwards is never getting a title shot. Never. Never going to happen. No time soon. No time soon. No rush you gotta be, He's got to beat Jorge Masvidal and then wait six months, I'm sure. Co-main event. The very unnecessary rematch between Rose Namajunas and, and uh, Zhang Weili. Um, and look, Weili might win. But... This is Carlos Barza's title shot. There's no doubt in my mind yeah, about it. I think that's fair. Okay? No no doubt in mine. The reason we're all coming to watch this, well, that's a whole card. Whole card is good, but Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Yes. I, I, is, I just looked at that card again. I was like, oh, that, I forgot about that, that is, fight. Woo! That's a fucking fight. You know Put what, Mark, on the top, baby. We haven't gotten together for a pay-per-view since the pandemic. This is this one. Okay. This is the one. We're going to do that one. We'll, we'll um, do it. Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera. Marlon, Cheeto's a favorite in this, Mark. I think I think people are calling it a day on mm. old man Frankie Edgar finally after all these yeah. years. It's been a rough patch, so we'll see. Yeah, and then um, I'm not super familiar with this opening fight, so I'm just going to skip it. Ally Quinta, Bobby Green, though. That is... There you go. Hey, that's a fun one. Too. Spoiler alert, we're picking Ally Quinta versus Bobby Green. That's that's happening. All right, I'm down. Edmund Shabazian's back on this one. I feel we haven't heard a lot of this guy recently. And uh, John Volante getting another UFC fight at heavyweight Whatever. coming in here. Sure, why not? You got Sam Alvey running around there. Why not have Volante stinking it up too? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Shane Burgos on the other card. I think top to bottom, this card this weekend might just top to bottom be better. But this one's got some serious shit going on. For sure. Like best card in the next two. Best. I mean, they have Gaethje versus Chandler is what I'm, what I'm uh, saying. That's so good. Um, the winner good. of that probably gets a title shot. Against the winner of Oliveira, or not Chandler. Yeah, probably not Chandler. Chandler does. If Gaethje wins, yes, if Gaethje yes, wins yes, for yes. sure. Um, if Gaethje loses, we should just ask Gaethje if he wants to fight Nate Diaz. 
Like, just give me that. Damn, that's just a give me that. Let, that let's, let's not. Let's not. Fuck I mean, those fuck, other plans. Fuck those other ones. Don't, let's not get out of this without Gaethje versus Nate. All right, Nate we made Diaz. it. We made the right call. Here we and go. That is the one. That is the fight. Um, all right. Um, well, I was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark, and that True. other fella was Lavender Gooms. We want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Um, those of you who were sick of us half talking about MMA and not fully committing to it, well, this was the week for you. Back, baby. And those of you who are enjoying our nonsense before, don't worry. The UFC puts on large stretches oh, yeah. of terrible stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> there's like a... will be back. I'm sure after the pay-per-view next week, there'll be another three fucking weeks where we, you know, we got nothing to talk about. Um, until then, though, as I mentioned, DJ Mark, Lavender Gooms, I was Dr. Ola. Um, thank you. Peace out. Goodbye. See ya.